Buenos dias. Buenos dias. I just love that. Good morning, everyone. I hope you guys are all doing well this morning. I can't believe it's already Thursday. If you have your booklets, you can open up your booklets. You can get that ready and open up your booklets to Thursday. We're not going to get started right away, though. First, we have to take a little trip. Do you all guys want to go back? Do you all, all of you want to go back to Peru for another trip to Peru? Yay! Okay, well get your life jackets on, okay? Get your life jackets on, because this time we're going to paddle out in canoes to the jungle, and we're going to learn a lesson from a boy named Hector, or in, or in English it would be Hector. It's early morning in the jungle village. Hector is up and is getting water for the family. Today, Hector and his mom and dad head into the jungle to find plantains for their family to eat. Plantains look like bananas. But plantains don't taste as sweet. You probably get your fruits and vegetables at a grocery store. But here, they search through the jungle to find what they need. Hector's dad makes a strap that helps them carry the plantains back to the village. Today, they eat breakfast at a friend's house. Amen. Hector gets ready for school. He wears a school uniform. school, he helps clean the classroom with his classmates. Sometimes, Hector and the rest of the students have to wait for hours for their school teachers to arrive by boat. Hector turns in his homework and begins his school day. Some things may not happen quickly when you live in a jungle village. In the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse 14, it says, wait patiently for the Lord. Hector has learned to be patient and wait for the great things that will come. God gives Hector, his family, and even his whole village a lot of patience. God gives us patience. So you can put that in your first blank there in your booklets that God gives us patience. There it is. God gives us patience. 
Um, a lot of times in Peru, things happen very slowly. Did you notice that in the movie? Jungle life, it's really laid back. Sometimes things happen really slowly. What did Hector have to do? What did Hector have to do in the morning? Um, did he just turn on the faucet when he wanted water to brush his teeth or to take a bath? What did he have to do? He had to go all the way down to the river with a bucket, fill up a bucket full of muddy water, and bring it all the way back to his house. That's what a lot of people have to do in the jungle. Thankfully, where I live, I don't have to do that, right? Um, I have running water where I live, but there are a lot of people that do live like that. They have to cook with that water. They have to wash their clothes with that water. They have to do everything with that water. All right, what did Hector have to do when he was hungry in the morning? Do you remember what he and his mom and his dad did? What did they go do? They went looking for bananas. Very good. It's not a banana. It's like a type of banana. It's called a plantain. Very good. Okay. How many of you guys this morning, um, when you woke up and you wanted to comb your hair, you wanted to wet down your hair a little bit, or you wanted to take a bath, or you wanted to brush your teeth, how many of you guys went, had to go all the way down to the lake to fill up a bucket full of water and bring it back to your cabin? How many? Raise your hand if you had to do that this morning. Nobody. Oh, you did? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think any of us had to do that. Okay, um, this morning I'm guessing you were hungry before breakfast, right? How many of you had to go up to the climbing wall over there where there's a bunch of trees and start looking for bananas, looking for whatever you could find to eat? You had to be looking for plantains. Raise your hand. Did you have to do that? Did, any, did anybody have to do that? <gasps> of course not. No, we didn't, we didn't have to do that. But a lot of people in Peru that live in the jungle, they have to do stuff like that. They wash their clothes by hand. They do lots of things that take a lot of time. They cook food from scratch. They do lots of things. And they have to have a lot of patience. I would say that about um, the people where I live. They have a lot of patience. That's something that we can really um, learn from them. Um, but we have to have patience here in the United States. But there's different things here that teach us patience, right? Well, our first point today is God can give us patience in trials, okay? We're going to talk about that a little bit. God can give us patience in trials. Okay, now I don't know, maybe some of you are thinking, okay, she doesn't know. This is junior girls. Um, I'm just a kid. I'm not going through any trials. A lot of times we think that trials are really bad things that happen to us, right? We think a trial is maybe something really bad, something really big that happens to us. Well, I looked up the word trials, and did you know that a trial can just be something that's annoying? Is there ever anything that's annoying to us? Is there ever anything that's just a little bit of a nuisance, it bothers us, or maybe it's just inconvenient? Okay, for example, um, let's say you go to the pot machine, and you are so thirsty, and you want a Mountain Dew, and you push the Mountain Dew button here at camp, and what comes out? A Pepsi. Is that going to try your patience a little bit? Is that a trial? Can that be a trial? It sure can. Um, let's see, what else could happen? You wake up early, I mean early, before the sun even comes out. You get completely ready. You run over to Jensen. You get in line, and you're the second girl in line for breakfast. Okay, and you stand there, it's a bit cold, and you're waiting for breakfast, you're waiting for breakfast, you're waiting patiently, okay, and another, and there's one girl, there's only one girl in front of you, okay, and it's just about time to pray, 
and the counselor is on her way. She's just about outside, and she's going to pray. And guess what happens? Ten girls run right in front of you. Doot, 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 doot. You know why? Because your friend in front of you was saving them a spot. Is that going to try your patience? <laughs> Does that happen at camp? Some of these things happen all the time, right? Um, has anybody gotten a sunburn, maybe a headache, a stomach, a stomach ache this week? All of those things can be considered trials. And what are those supposed to teach us? Are they supposed to teach us to be impatient, to react badly? No, they can teach us patience. Let's look at a verse, James chapter 1, verse 3. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. Or your trials, they can teach you patience. But we also remember that our trials, if we don't react, if we don't react correctly, they can teach us impatience as well. But we don't want that, okay? We want to learn patience. Well, there was a lady that we're going to learn about today, okay, from the Word of God. And she went through trials. She went through a lot worse stuff than just like somebody budging in front of her in line at camp. Okay, she went through a lot of really hard things, but she was patient in her trials. Okay, that's what we're learning about, to be patient in her trials. And you all saw her name, right? We already went to that slide. Her name was? Ruth. Ruth. Please open up your Bibles. We're going to look at Ruth chapter 1. Please look for Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. We're just going to read two verses to get started. Did you all bring your Bibles? I hope so. <laughs> Let's see what we can learn about Ruth and how she responded in her trials. Okay? Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. And again today we have some pictures so you can... Remember, as we're reading the story, to keep looking up there once in a while, too, because that's going to help us to be able to understand um, the story just a little better this morning. Well, let's, let's start reading Ruth 1, verse 1. Okay, the first verse. It says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of the wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Okay, so maybe I've already lost some of you. What is happening? What is going on here? Well, you can look up at the picture. There's a man in the picture. What's his name? Elimelech. What's the lady's name? His wife is Naomi. Very good. And what are their kids' names? Very good. Malan and Chilean. Okay, well, this story, it happens during the time of the judges. I don't know if you guys have learned that about the time of the judges um, before, but basically, you have. Good. Basically, during the time of the judges, um, what would happen, well, is God, God was judging them, right? A lot of the times during the time of the judges, the people would do bad things. It says that they just would do whatever, whatever they wanted. Basically, whatever they thought was good. Not just do whatever they wanted to do. So they'd be sinning. Okay, so God would have to send judgment to them. God would judge them because they were sinning. Eventually, they'd be like, oh, this is horrible, this is horrible, and they would repent. And then God would send a judge. And so for a, a, little, a little while, they'd be good. 
But then the judge would die, and then what would they start doing again? They would start sinning. Okay, so this book says that it, it, it happened during the time of the judges. And it says there was a famine. What does that mean? There wasn't food. There wasn't enough food for the people that were living in Israel. And so I'm guessing, this seems to me, like the famine could be judgment because of, because of sin there, right? It could be because of judgment. And so that's what I'm thinking. And um, there's Elimelech, and he's like, oh, there's no food. Let's get out of here. Let's go look for food. I need to provide for my family. So where did they move? Moab. They decided that they're going to move. Um, to the land of Moab. Well, they're already experiencing a trial because they don't have food where they are. But when they move to Moab, they're going to experience even more trials. But they're also going to meet our Bible character today. Who's our Bible character today? Ruth. Ruth. Good job. Okay, well, we are going to keep reading um, verse 3. It says, And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, what happened to him? He died. Ooh, that's a great trial for Naomi, right? It says, her husband died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. Good job. You guys are paying attention. And it says, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion, her two sons, right, died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Oh, that's not good. Okay, that's, that's, she was going through a lot of trials, Naomi. I can't even imagine how hard, I can't even imagine how hard that would be to lose your husband, okay? And then her, her, her sons go and marry foreign women, okay? And then her sons die. Do you think that would be hard? Do you think that's a big trial? Do you think that, I mean, some of you too, you might be going through things like that because I don't even know. I mean, you might be going, you might have experienced um, a death in your family. I'm sure with a group this big, um, there's somebody that has gone through that before and it's a trial and it's very, very hard. Something that's very, um, very hard for you. Well, it was very hard for Naomi. But you know what? It was hard for Ruth too. Sometimes we forget about Ruth. A lot of times uh, we focus on Naomi and how hard it was for Naomi. Um, but what happened to Ruth? Ruth, she lost her husband too. She did. She, her husband had just passed away. Um, she was going through a really big trial. But how does Ruth respond? Let's look at the next couple verses to see how Ruth responds. We're going to look actually at verse 7. We're going to skip a verse. Okay, verse 7, it says, Wherefore she, it's talking about Naomi, right? The mother-in-law, Naomi. Wherefore she, Naomi, went forth out of the place where she was. Where were they? They were in Moab, okay? And her two daughter-in-laws were with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughter-in-laws, Go, return, each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you. As you have dealt with me, or have, have dealt with the dead and with me, the Lord grants you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Verse 14, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave to her. Okay, 
And there's another picture for you to look at. Orpah is leaving, and Ruth claved to her. She stayed with her. Verse 15, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. Don't ask me to go or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. So what's happening here? Naomi, she starts going back to Israel. She heard, oh, there's finally, there's food back home. I'm going to move back home. And so she starts a trip with her two daughter-in-laws. They start going back um, with Orpah and Ruth. And she says, oh, wait, why are you guys going with me? There's no hope for you where I'm going. Stay here, go back home, go live with your mom and your dad. Stay here with your family, stay here with your friends. And marry somebody from here. Marry somebody that's going to be able to provide for you. Okay, um, because I've been, I've been reading about this a little bit, and it said that widows, they were all three widows because their husbands had died, right? It said that widows during that time period could starve to death because they didn't have anybody to provide for them. They didn't have anybody to provide food for them. Um, so it says that widows during that time period that they could starve to death. So what does Ruth do? Does she say, oh, you're right, that makes sense. I should just stay here and marry the first guy that asks me, and then he'll be able to provide for me. Is that what she did? No, she was patient, okay? She waited on the Lord, and she waited on God's provision. We can see here that Ruth was patient in her trials, okay? She stayed um, with Naomi. Um, I, I guess, can you guys see anywhere? I don't know. You guys have studied this story before. Has anybody heard of any part of Ruth, um, the story of Ruth, when, ro when, when she rose up her hands and she was mad at God, and she was bitter with God, and she became impatient with God for taking away her husband and her trials. Have any of you heard that part before? You haven't, because it's not there, okay? Ruth was very, very patient with God in her trials. Well, let's talk about her mother-in-law. Was her mother-in-law patient in her trials? That brings us to our second point today. God can give us patience with others. God can give us patience with others. So God can not only just give us patience in our trials and the hard things that come along, but God can give us patience with difficult people too. People that mistreat us, right? God can give us patience with others. Okay, we're going to keep reading um, verse 19. It says, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem. Let's put up our picture, okay? There they are arriving at Bethlehem. It says, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass, when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi. She said, Call me what? Mara. Call me Mara. Call me bitter. For the Almighty is talking about God. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? What did she say? Why are you guys calling me Naomi, right? They started recognizing her when she arrived there. They're like, I think that's Naomi. Isn't that Naomi? That's Naomi. Ah, she left here a long time ago, but that's Naomi. She used to live here, right? And so they walked up to her, and they're like, hey, you're Naomi. And she's like, why are you calling me Naomi? Don't call me Na Naomi. Call me bitter. Uh-oh. 
Maybe some of us have been bitter before. She was bitter. She said, call me, call me bitter. Look and see what God did to me. Can't you see what God did to me? He took away, I left here with my husband. I left here with two wonderful boys and look at me now. I came back here and I don't have anything. I'm bitter. I'm empty. She was really bitter. She was really sad. Okay, but I think there's something really cool that we can learn about this. Who is standing beside her? Ruth. Had Ruth just gone through some trials? Yeah, Ruth had just lost her husband. She just decided she was going to leave her homeland. She was going to leave her friends. She was going to leave her family. She was going to leave everything she knew because she was going to go with Naomi. She was going to help Naomi. She was going to go back with her um, to her country. And Naomi says, I don't have anything. I'm empty. I don't have anyone. How do you think Ruth felt? <laughs> That's kind of offensive, right? I think I might be a little hurt. But how does Ruth respond? Ruth responds to her in kindness, okay, in love and in patience. What do we see in the, in, in the future verses? We see that she goes out and she helps Naomi. She looks for food for Naomi. We even see in Ruth 2.11 um, that she was well known for treating her mother-in-law very well. Well, I think um, we can learn a lot, for that, a lot from that, right? Let's think about this for a second. How do we react? How do we react when somebody is offensive to us. Maybe says something that we don't like. Um, maybe offends us. How do we react? Ooh, that's something that we really need to think about, right? Um, are we patient with them? Are we kind to them? Um, what, what would happen? Um, does your, is your counselor talking about you this week? Is she saying, oh, you should meet my camper. She is so patient. Is your counselor saying? She could be. There could be a lot of you out there that are really patient. That's what we should want, right? Um, when bad things happen, oh, you should see her. When people are mean to her, oh, she is patient. She is the most patient person I've ever seen in my entire life. Is that what your counselors are saying about you this week? Oh, what if you go home? Is your mom and dad saying, oh, you should see my daughter? She is patient. She's had a lot of struggle, a lot of trials, but she's patient. And she's patient with others. She's really kind. When, think, when they do mean things to her, she is so patient. What about your brother and your sister? With your brother and your sister? This is convicting to me too, okay? Don't feel bad if you're getting convicted right now. <laughs> what, what would your brother and your sister say? Would they say, oh, my sister, she is so patient. Well, that, that should be our goal, right? Um, to please the Lord and that others would see um, that we are patient, not just patient in our trials and the bad stuff that happened, but patient with people, too, that hurt us, or patient with people that are hard to get along with, that are maybe bitter because of bad things um, that have happened. There's a picture of Naomi for you, but I want to put up a verse for all of us from 1 Thessalonians 5.14. What does 1 Thessalonians 5.14 say? It says, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak. Um, let's read the last line together. Be patient toward all men. What does that mean? That we're supposed to be patient with everybody. We're supposed to be patient with absolutely everybody. You know, sometimes, I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's hard for me to be patient. But you know what? We're all human beings. I know it's hard for you guys to be patient, too. I love Peru, I love my ministry, and I love the people I work with, but they're different. Some people there are different. There's people here that are different than you too, right? 
Okay, well in Peru, um, there's a lot of different beliefs. Uh, some people believe in witchcraft. Have you ever heard of that before, witchcraft? Um, some people, okay, this is crazy. This will get your attention. Some people believe in mermaids. They believe that they exist. They really believe that there's mermaids in my town. They do. They believe it, and they believe they've seen mermaids, okay? And so sometimes I hear this stuff, and what do I have to do? I have to be patient. Can I just be like, that's not true? Can I just be mean to them, rude to them? No, I can't. Some people believe um, different things about health, lots of different things about health than we believe here in the States. Um, some people believe uh, that you can get worms in your teeth if you eat a banana at night. So be careful, nobody eat bananas at night, you're going to get worms in your teeth. Is that what we believe? No. Okay, um, some people believe if you eat an orange that's been in the sun, you're going to get a fever because it's hot, you're going to get a fever, so be careful. Um, one more thing. Um, if you eat a mango when it's green, if it's not ripe yet, you're going to get hepatitis, okay? You're just going to get hepatitis. I'm not making fun of them, okay, because I love them. These are people that I really love. But they have different ways of thinking. They're different than I am. Do you think Ruth and Naomi were different? They were. Ruth responded in patience. Naomi was offensive. She was kind of rude. But Ruth showed her great patience. Well, I have an illustration. Can I have four counselors come up here really, really, really quickly? I mean really quickly because we don't have a lot of time. Awesome. Okay, you get two balloons. You get two balloons. Okay, I hope there's eight in here. You get two balloons. One fell down here. Okay, so we have to get this other balloon really quickly. Okay, here's the one for you. This is going to be fun. We couldn't skip this part. I almost thought about skipping it, but we don't want to skip it because it's going to teach us a great lesson. Okay, what do they have to do? They have two balloons, and they have to hit the balloons, and they have to keep both balloons in the air, and we're going to see who can do this for the longest. Do you guys know any of these people up here? Can we cheer for them? Let's cheer for them. Ready, set, go. If it touches the ground, you have to leave it on the ground. All right, let's see, let's see. Who's still going? There's still two that are going. There's still, still two that are going. There's still, two, there's still two that are going. Oh, look at her go. Look at her go. Look at her go. Look at her go. She's doing good. Wow, they're doing really good. Okay, try three. Try three. There's your third one. Try. Oh, oh we have a winner. You guys can have a seat. Thank you very much for helping me out with that. Okay, that is like us sometimes um, when we're trying to be patient with others in our own strength. Okay, sometimes this is a good picture of us. Um, somebody comes along and they're bothering us and we're like, I got this, I got this, I can be nice, I can be nice, I can be nice, I got this, I got this, I got this, I can be nice. And then something else happens and we're like, oh, okay, I got this in my own strength. I can be patient, I can be patient, I can be patient. And eventually, what happens? Oh, I'm out of breath. They fall through the ground, right? Things just like fly out of control. Did you see all the balloons just going everywhere? Sometimes we're like, okay, I can be patient. I can be patient. I can be patient. I can be patient. Okay, um, but guys, I want to tell you something. I have, I have a little secret. Do you, would you believe me if I told you today that I can keep three balloons in the air for an entire hour? You don't believe me? I am not lying. Do you want to see me try? 
Okay, wait, right there. I'll be right back. to keep those three balloons in the air. Because they're filled with helium. It's way easier, isn't it? Am I sitting there starting, ah, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do this by myself. I can't do this by myself. Um, can we be filled with helium? We can, but we're going to talk funny. Should we be, should we be filled? <laughs> should we be filled with helium? No, what should we be filled with? The Holy Spirit, okay? So that is a very important point. I don't want you guys to forget that, okay? We're just finishing up the second point of we, um, that God can help us to be patient with others. But we better not try to do it in our own strength, okay? We need God to help us. Yesterday we learned um, that we should be in prayer and that we should be reading God's word, and that that's going to give us peace. But you know what? If we're praying and we're in God's word and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's, that's going to help us to be patient with others. Well, first of all, today we've learned um, we can be patient in our trials. We can be patient with others. And God can also give us patience in service. I'm really out of breath. Whew. <laughs> okay. Well, there's not much time here. Um, but I want to keep going with our story. How many of you guys want to hear the rest of the story? You want to hear the rest of the story? Okay, well, there is Ruth. Um, she, she and Naomi got back to Israel just about the time, or they got back right at the time of the barley harvest. Okay, so Ruth, like you heard before, Ruth and Naomi, they didn't have anything to eat. They didn't have any money. So what did she have to go out and do? She had to go out and work. And she was showing patience to her, to her mother-in-law. So she went out to the field, and um, she, was, she was picking up what the harvesters were leading behind. Do you think you'd have to have patience to do that job? I think so. Um, she was doing the work of a poor person. It, it, it would be like going to Walmart and begging for money. How many of you would like to do that? I know I wouldn't like to have to do that. But that's what she did. She went and she went behind the people that were harvesting. And she went and um, she, she picked up the grain. Um, and it says that she just happened um, to end up at the field of a man named Boaz. Okay? And Boaz was a, a distant relative of her father-in-law that had passed away. Um, let's look back at the text. Okay? We are going to look at verse 5 of chapter 2. It says, Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Who's that girl? Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now. You know what? Boaz was impressed by Ruth. Why was Boaz impressed by Ruth? She was a hard worker. She was patient in her service. Let's keep reading a little bit more about that in verse 8. It says, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn? 
Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thy eyes, that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger, I am a foreigner, right? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest not heretofore. Do you think Boaz was impressed with Ruth? He was, right? He, he saw her out there working hard, working with patience, doing that tedious job in the hot sun. Um, we, we can see in the book of Ruth, she worked during the whole barley season, okay? And then not only that, but she worked during the whole um, the wheat harvest as well. Do you think Ruth was a quitter or was she patient? She was patient. She's patiently serving Naomi, and she didn't give up. Okay, well, that's what we're going to learn from her today, that we need to be patient in service and that we shouldn't give up. Here's some pictures of her out there working. That's Boaz. I'm watching her work and talking to her and telling the other workers not to bother her. Um, and there she is eating with the other workers. And there she is. She brought home a big harvest. I'm sorry, I've promised my necklace over here. I should just leave it. Okay, well, Boaz recognized in her. She is very patient. He realized she is a hard worker. And do you know what he said? He's like, may God reward you for your hard work, right? Let's look at verse 12. It says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. Do you think God rewarded her? He did. God rewarded Ruth in a great way because she was patient in her service. She was patient in her service. God rewarded her in a great way. Um, first of all, um, she, was she was able to bring a whole bunch of grain. Do you see her there with her mother-in-law? She gets home and her mother-in-law is like, where did you go? Look at all of this that you brought home. So God provided for her. God rewarded her in that way. But not only that, there's something that's way more exciting than that, okay? Eventually, Boaz and Ruth, they got married. And then God blessed her. God rewarded her as well with a little baby. You know what? And God rewarded her in another way. Did you know she was the great-grandma of King David and also an ancestor of Jesus Christ? Do you think that's a reward? I think that's a reward. I think that would be awesome. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't give up, if we faint not. I would think a lot of you guys are serving the Lord, right, in your churches. Um, maybe you, you guys have been serving the Lord this week. You've been singing special music. Some of you see trash on the ground, and you pick it up, and you go put it in the trash can. Uh, maybe you guys help in Sunday school. You help your teacher that's teaching you. Uh, maybe you help your parents at home. You guys can serve the Lord in a lot of ways. Well, today, I want to remind you, today and for the rest of your lives, don't give up. If somebody makes fun of you and says, wow, you sing really bad. It might happen. It might happen. There's people out there that might say that, right? Um, maybe somebody um, could look at you funny, and you could get discouraged, and you could just be like, well, I'm never singing special music again. <laughs> or maybe you could be like, um, nobody appreciates what I do. Nobody says thank you to me. 
Well, I don't want you guys to give up for your service for the Lord because what can we expect if we don't give up, if we, if we patiently serve the Lord? Reward. Reward in heaven. Well, really quickly, there was a missionary lady named Mary Slesher. She patiently served the Lord in the country of Nigeria for almost 40 years. That's old. That's more years than I am old. It's a really, really long time, okay? God was calling her through um, David Livingston had died, and she, and she thought, who's going to go fill those shoes? Who's going to be a missionary to Africa if I don't go? And so she felt the Lord um, calling her to Africa. But once she got there, she thought, this is impossible. How am I ever going to be able to do this? There are lots of bad things that happen. Um, in Africa, there, there were leopards. There were crocodiles. You can see in that picture, one time a hippopotamus. It attacked her canoe. A lot of really, thing hard, a lot of really hard things happened. But not just that. A lot of things that were way, way, way worse than that happened to her. Okay? Um, let's see another picture here. Um, she had to witness the people there throwing their twins. If twins were born, they'd throw them out into the jungle to die. Can you imagine that? It's a different culture. It's different people. They have different ways of thinking. So they do different things, okay? And so she, she wanted to save those babies. Okay, there's lots of things. Um, she also saw when she got to Africa that when the chiefs died of the tribes, that they would bury women alive with those men so that they would accompany them to the spirit world. Do you think that was hard? Would you give up? I'd be like, I'm out of here. Whew, that's horrible, right? But she didn't. She didn't give up. She just kept right on serving the Lord there. And God rewarded Mary Slesser in a great way. She was able to stop people from getting rid of their twins. She was able to help those children, okay? She was able to help lots of ladies from being killed or or, or buried alive. Um, she saw lots of horrible things, and she was able to stop lots of horrible things. But even more important than that, she was able to share the love of Jesus. She was able to share um, the gospel with those people. Eventually, she died. She died of a really high fever, um, but it was worth it, and God rewarded her for her patient service in Nigeria. Well, what have we learned today? First of all, we've learned that God gives us patience in trials, okay, when bad things happen. God can give us patience with others, like Ruth was patient with Naomi. And God can give us patience in service. If you're serving the Lord, oh, first of all, if you're not serving God and you're saved, you should be. You should be looking for ways that you can serve God, right? God wants us to serve him. But if you are out there today and you are serving God, don't give up. Sometimes it's hard for me as a missionary, okay? It's hard. Sometimes, um, actually, I don't want to give up, but sometimes there's, a, there's just a lot of things that can happen, and maybe someday I'll just, I'll just get tired. It'll just be hard, right? But don't give up. I'm not going to give up, okay? Lord willing, with God's help, I'm not going to give up, and I don't want you guys to give up either. Let's pray.